0: Connecting life and faith. This is Connections.
1: There's a reason that the desert fathers and mothers simplified (laughs) in (laughs) order to be closer to God. And obviously, you don't need to go into a cave in the desert to be minimalist. I didn't do that, Uh, but you know, simplification of your life helps us focus more on God and have more time for God. And and there's a reason that that's been a constant theme throughout Christianity through the centuries.
2: With the success of Marie Kondo, a new Netflix documentary, and hundreds of blogs and YouTube videos on minimalism, it's clear that it is more than just a trend these days. In a time of climate change and a pandemic, people are looking for new ways to live well and more meaningful lives, and minimalism is meeting that need. And that's exactly what today's guest is talking about. We're joined by Becca Ehrlich. She believes that minimalism can be much more than just getting rid of things. In her new book, Christian Minimalism, Simple Steps for Abundant Living, she explores the direct connection between minimalism and our faith journey. Today on Connections, Becca will share with us her journey to becoming a Christian minimalist. She'll also talk about her book. We'll hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Becca Ehrlich. She is the author of a new book called Christian Minimalism, Simple Steps for Abundant Living. She's also a Reverend Doctor. Tell us a little bit about how you got into
0: ministry.
1: Yeah, God. (laughs) <laughs> great answer right <laughs> that's a very short version the long version is I was actually a uh, Roman Catholic at the time and so I didn't think that was something I could be called to because uh, as a female Catholic that's not something that is open to me uh, God found a way and so the Lutherans uh, welcomed me <laughs> and here I
0: am love that How old were you when that happened, uh, when you started following that call to ministry and pursuing seminary and things like that?
1: 23. So it was a little late. Some people get the call a little earlier in life. I was a little slow on the uptake.
0: Uh, What's your experience uh, been like as a woman in ministry then?
1: Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, Lutherans, the the evangelical Lutheran church in America specifically, have, the predecessor bodies have been ordaining women uh, for about 50 years now, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone is used to it yet. So uh, my first two parish calls, I was the first called permanent female pastor.
2: You are now also the author of a book, Christian Minimalism, Simple yep. Steps for Abundant Living. Kate, okay, you got to lead us down the road Um, where you started off your minimalism journey and what led you to want to be a minimalist?
1: Yeah, so I was watching Netflix one day, and it totally changed my life. No one expects to watch Netflix and have it change, their <laughs> <life>. <laughs> but that's what happened to me. I watched the minimalism documentary by the Minimalists. I had never heard of minimalism before, or had any idea what it was. But I figured it was only an hour and fifteen minutes, so why not? And I watched it and said, "Oh my gosh, I think God is calling me to live." A minimalist lifestyle. And so my husband, Will, got home I said, Will, you got to watch this documentary. And he said, uh, And <laughs> <laughs> he did finally watch it with me. And he said the same thing. He said, I, I think I hear God telling us to do this. And then I wanted to connect it to Christianity because a lot of it is what Jesus teaches. And a lot of it fits into the gospel message. And I, I've was looking around and doing some research and it didn't seem like anyone was doing that in great depth at the time. This was the end of 2017. And so I started writing about it on my blog and uh, thousands of people got really interested, which was very cool. And then I said, you know what? It might, it might be good to have a book so that you don't have to keep searching around my blog to find certain subjects. Right. And so that's how the book came about.
0: So maybe for those of us that don't know, What is minimalism? And then what would you say Christian minimalism is?
1: Mm -hmm. So minimalism is a focus on the aspects of life that matter most and intentionally removing everything else. Hmm. So basically it's figuring out what matters most to you and getting rid of any obstacles or anything that's keeping you from focusing on those things. And then also living intentionally and making sure you're not living on automatic pilot. So making intentional choices as opposed to just living the way you've always lived because it's easier that way. And then Christian minimalism is keeping Jesus at the center and connecting minimalism to your Christian faith and spirituality.
0: So I'm not a bad Christian because we just bought a bigger home for our family then?
1: No, no. So (laughs) there's no right way to be a minimalist. (laughs) No, I think- there's, there's a wide range of, of minimalists and Christian minimalists. There's people who uh, live out of a suitcase and that's their only possessions in life. And then there's people who, you know, own a house and have two kids and a dog and two cars and everything in between.
2: How do you even get your mind into a place where you can do that?
1: Yeah, one of the big things for me was finding my personal why obviously there's general wise, like I don't want to have a ton of stuff around me. (laughs) And it's not just about stuff, right? It's about time commitments, how we use our energy and resources. And so there's a lot of different reasons, but your personal why is what's going to keep you going. Because honestly, what they did and what I did, I did similar things. Um, it's not glamorous. It's a lot of work. And so what keeps you going during it is knowing why you're doing it. Like I want to get rid of all the stuff or I want to pare down my, my, time obligations so that I can have more time with my family, for example, that would be a great why. So that's the thing you're going to hold on to while you're minimizing your life.
0: So what I'm hearing from you, though, it doesn't have to necessarily be stuff like you said. Um, I'm thinking of, um, oh, what's that other Netflix show uh, where they're decluttering? Does this bring you joy? And they decide to get rid of it or not. But
1: <laughs> Marie Kondo, uh, Yeah, yes. <laughs>
0: But there's a difference between that and what you're talking about when it becomes, uh, when you talk about minimalism.
1: Yes, it is. So uh, I would say Marie Kondo falls under the decluttering movement, which is all about stuff and getting rid of stuff, which is great. And that's a little part of minimalism, but it's minimalism is an all encompassing lifestyle where you're paring down everything in your life, not just the stuff, but as I said, time commitments. And things that suck your energy, uh, bad habits, like getting sucked into social media. We've all been there, right? Uh, and and really calling down to what matters most. And then also living intentionally and figuring out what that looks like for your life going forward. So decluttering is kind of a one and done process. Like you get rid of all the stuff and you're like, okay, I'm done. But minimalism is about a, a constant journey.
2: I guess in a situation like this, though, too, this is an opportunity to draw you closer to God, because there are less distractions and more opportunity to sit there and to be in his company.
1: Yeah. And that, I mean, there's a reason that the desert fathers and mothers simplified (laughs) in (laughs) order to be closer to God. And obviously you don't need to go into a cave in the desert to be a minimalist. (laughs) I didn't do that. Uh, But, you know, simplification of your life helps us focus more on God and have more time for God. And, and there's a reason that that's been a constant theme throughout Christianity through the centuries.
0: You said something very interesting earlier on, too. Like you, you believe that Jesus was focused or centered around minimalism. Well, you didn't say quite that, but that's what I was taking away. How is Jesus a minimalist?
1: Yeah. So if you think about it, I mean, he traveled with not much with him. He narrowed down the the rules of life to two, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Huh. He, uh, he taught the disciples and us to focus on what matters most, put God first. And so I truly believe Jesus is a minimalist and that as Jesus followers, we should be following his example.
2: Uh, as a Christian minimalist, how has this impacted your own faith journey?
1: Yeah, I have a lot more time for God. <laughs> <laughs> I think what keeps everybody from spending time in prayer or really cultivating their relationship with God is that they're so busy. uh, But when you start calling down your life and focusing on what matters most and putting Jesus at the center, you're like, oh, like I'm supposed to put Jesus first. (laughs) Jesus isn't like, oh, when I have time, maybe I'll spend five minutes, you know? Yeah. And so I spend a lot more time reading the Bible and praying and doing devotions. And so that's really great that I've managed to make space for that in a way that I didn't have
0: before. What about uh, your husband? How's this journey been for him? You mentioned him early on at the start of your journey.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, Finding out ways to be on this minimalist journey together has been really interesting. I think sometimes we make different decisions on how we want to live as Christian minimalists, and that's okay. Okay. Uh, and sometimes we, that means we have to have some conversations around that if it affects both of us in our own house. (laughs) So, uh, you know, people always ask me like, oh, how, what if you want to do the minimalist thing, but the people you live with may not. And one of the things is having open communication about it and minimizing your own space usually helps them realize what a difference it makes to live as a minimalist and, uh, calling down their own lives Uh, I always tell people do not minimize someone else's stuff. It never ends well, (laughs) but open communication and leading by example is, is a big thing.
2: Now tell us a little bit about the book, what people can expect.
1: Yeah. So it's basically, well, first of all, it's minimal. It's short. So
0: (laughs) you don't
1: have to worry about reading a tome. It's very, it's very quick to read, but at the same time, it's very thought provoking and it'll help you rethink how maybe you've been living your life in ways you can minimize your life in a way that makes sense for you. As I said you know, minimalism, there's no right way to live as a Christian minimalist. And so finding ways to incorporate aspects of minimalism in your life is really important. So the book has both practical aspects, but also the why of why this is important and why it's important to live counterculturally to consumer culture.
2: You also have a reading plan available for okay. this as well. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So it's on the Version Bible app. So Y-O-U version. Uh, if you just search Bible in the app store, it's the first one that comes up and it looks like a Bible. <laughs> uh, it's a great app, but they, uh, they have reading plans and I wrote a reading plan based on the book. And so if you're wanting to dip your toe, but you don't want to fully jump into the Christian minimalism world yet, that might be a great way to check it out.
0: I like that. That's uh, Maybe might start my mornings with that for the next little while and see, there's always this Pull, like um I don't know for a lot of Christians I think they experience the same thing you've got this pull of uh, for lack of a better word the world like you need more stuff to be happy right and you need yep. to do more things and you need to always be busy but then yeah when I look at the life of Jesus there's this pull in the other direction like no come and rest kind of invitation right
1: Definitely yeah and that's the thing I mean when you embark on a countercultural journey, you're going to have to be prepared that there's going to be moments where you feel the pull to how you were living previously. But we don't do it alone, right? Jesus has our back and is helping us and leading us on the journey.
2: What about those at your church? Do they know your story? Do they know that you're a Christian minimalist? And if so, what are their thoughts?
1: Yeah, so actually, I work in a bishop's office currently. So I have 114 congregations in one place, and then uh, over 100 in another place. So uh wow. th- most of yeah <laughs> keeps me busy. Uh but they they all know that I do this type of work and I actually incorporate it in my work uh at the bishop's office because I talk a lot about stewardship and how we use our god-given resources and so it kind of flows into one another a lot of times.
0: Oh, has there been any like big surprises or eye-opening moments for you on the journey?
1: Yeah. One of the things I was surprised about was how emotional it is to call down your life. (laughs) (laughs) No one really warns you about that, but we are so attached to stuff and time commitments and things that aren't serving us well, even though we know we'll be better off without them. And so it's just an interesting moment to think about why did I accumulate you know these time commitments or stuff or bad habits in the first place and how will i get rid of these so that i can live the life god is calling me to live so it's it's a much more emotional and personal journey than i think i was expecting
2: really this pandemic has given us the opportunity to look at all of the above
1: yes yeah we have this unique opportunity now as we come out of the pandemic to really start with a clean slate if we want to, a lot of us had to live more minimally, uh, whether we liked it or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> and so we have the ability to either go back to the way we lived before or use this opportunity to, to turn around and, and try something new and maybe, maybe live more minimally.
0: Did this journey, like, did it have an effect on elect- you electronically, social media consumption or media consumption in general and different things like that?
1: Yeah, I definitely spend less time on social media, not because social media is bad. I was just in some bad habits where I would be scrolling through, you know, my Facebook newsfeed or Instagram or whatever. And then I'd look at the clock and an hour had gone by (laughs) and I didn't want, you know, time to just go away from me like that in the same way. So I'm much more intentional about how much time I spend on social media and also how much time I spend watching TV. Uh, it's really easy, especially with the, the streaming networks, <laughs> it's really easy to get sucked in and binge watch because they're made that way, right? The next episode starts right after you're done with the first one. So you might be like, oh, I'm going to bed after this. Oh, wait, it's starting. And then you get sucked in. So finding ways to make sure that I'm not falling into bad habits around media use so that I can use my time more
2: wisely. That's definitely a difficult one for many out there.
1: Yep, definitely. <laughs> we, we all struggle with that, right?
0: What have you been hearing from people that have picked up the book and started this journey themselves?
1: Yeah. Most people have not, they thought it was going to be like a decluttering book, most people. And then they start reading it and they're like, oh, this is like a whole lifestyle thing and it's about putting God first. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it's about. I've been telling you, you know, (laughs) Um, but it's a much more holistic, overarching process than I think people expect, but it's, it's a good thing. And I think it'll help people simplify their lives a little bit more and focus more on God.
2: Um, You also went on a year-long shopping fast in the midst of all this. How do you do that? Was that including groceries and whatnot?
1: Yes. Well, so I had a list of things that I was allowed to buy throughout the year because you still have to buy things to survive, right? So like, obviously (laughs) I could buy food, I could buy medications, I could buy toiletries, but only when I ran out, I could replace something as long as I got rid of the worn out or broken thing. So... There were, I had an approved list, if you will, but it was a lot easier than I expected in some ways because we need a lot less than we think we do. I was like, oh, this is gonna be so hard. And then I realized like, no, I don't need to buy a lot throughout the year. I was totally fine doing that. And I only bought one thing that was not on the approved list the whole year. We moved to Philadelphia in that year and we are in a three floor walk up. And so (laughs) I couldn't carry my laundry (laughs) up three flights of stairs. It was too heavy. So I bought like a $10 laundry backpack. So that was literally, (laughs) that was a necessity. I had to. Yeah. So otherwise (laughs) there was nothing else I bought. And even toiletries, we don't go through toiletries as much as we think we do. We stockpile toiletries to make sure we don't run Mm -hmm. out. But like, I only went through three deodorants in the year, which is crazy. (laughs)
0: interesting for
2: people who are maybe thinking about changing their lives and focusing on God by minimalizing everything around them how can they start what should they do what's your advice
1: yeah so first of all find your personal why because that's going to be the thing that gets you through when it's difficult but then in addition to that start small like we started with a drawer a day so that was like maybe 15 minutes and that was much more doable. And then we, we used, you know, when we had bigger chunks of time, like we tackled our storage unit on Saturdays, which we don't have anymore, which is lovely. <laughs> um, so finding ways to start small and make it work in your schedule so that it doesn't feel like a huge chore that you never want to do again, because you're never, you're never going to keep minimizing if, if it feels like, Oh, I don't want to do that. I'd rather like binge watch Netflix instead. <laughs>
0: Tell us uh, how we can pick up the book, where we can find that, and uh, anywhere else we can keep up to uh, what you're doing or maybe the Christian Minimalist community.
1: Yeah. So you can pretty much buy Christian Minimalism, Simple Steps for Abundant Living, the book wherever books are sold. Uh, You can get it both in physical and ebook. It's on Kindle, which is great. Uh, Obviously, the the blog, ChristianMinimalism.com, I write regularly on there about ways to, to focus on what matters most. And there's a Christian Minimalism Facebook page and then a Christian Minimalism community group where people have conversations, which is fun. And then, uh, ironically, the character length for Twitter and Instagram Christian Minimalism was too long. It was too many characters. <laughs> <laughs> so it's at Jesus Minimalism at both Instagram nice. and
0: I like that. Uh, People hear that Jesus minimalism, minimize Jesus, but completely opposite. I'm hearing a lot of turning your focus to Jesus in all the freedom that you find.
1: Yes. Minimize your life, more Jesus.
0: (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
2: And thank you for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.